Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have, like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> a lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. In 2022, the semiconductor industry as a whole took a giant poo. And that is said as eloquently as I can say it. It was not exactly the sector that you wanted to be in as a long-term investor. It was, however, a good time to be dollar cost averaging into the industry. But overall, if you had already purchased into semiconductors, especially if you bought at the hype of 2021, you were just over it. You do not want to hear the word semiconductor, the fact that I keep saying the word semiconductor. And given the fact that I'm going to say it a lot in this episode, if you invested in NVIDIA or AMD or Intel or TSM, who we're talking about today, if you invested in them in 2021, just turn off the episode and you can come back next week. I understand. It has been a hard go for you. But if you're new to the semiconductor world, you're like, I've never thought about investing in a semiconductor. Why would someone invest in a semiconductor? That's what we're talking about today. In this episode, we're going to go over and look back at why Warren Buffett is buying into the semiconductor industry. And he's, he's throwing some money around. We're also going to look at another article that I read recently about why it's starting to make sense to buy into this particular industry. You're listening to My Millennial Investor, the show where I search the financial world for the most up-to-date investment ideas, market trends, and income streams, so you don't have to. I'm your host, Nick Bradley. Let's get into it. Fun fact. Today's fun fact. Did you know that the highest performing asset in 2022 was orange juice? <laughs> That's right. It finished the year with its relative performance of 45.9%, almost 46% orange juice. And if you're old enough to remember the movie Trading Spaces with Eddie Murphy and Dan Aykroyd, then you probably just got a warm, fuzzy feeling. And if you've never watched Trading Spaces, as soon as this episode ends, stop whatever else you're doing, cancel your plans, and go watch it, and you'll realize why that makes sense with talking about orange juice. That was today's fun fact. Now let's talk about semiconductor manufacturing. A little history on semiconductors because of the COVID lockdowns, and very specifically COVID restrictions in China, where most of the world's semiconductors are actually being made these days, there was a huge shortage of semiconductors starting in mid-2020. And really, it's still going on today. I've got a buddy who works for a Honda, the global car manufacturing company, and he's had a very hard time, specifically in his job, he purchases steel for Honda. And then he sells that steel to various Honda parts manufacturers. And then Honda uses that steel to make the skeletons for the cars that they need to keep us all safe, right? Well, he has the authority, he has the availability, and he has the time to purchase and sell steel for Honda. The problem is the Honda cars are still not being made fast enough because there are not enough semiconductor chips to go around. The modern vehicle is highly sophisticated and Many of them are driving themselves and they've got things that beep at you and you go out of the line and, you know, doodads and gizmos and all of those things run 
on semiconductors. And it doesn't matter how much steel my friend can buy to build the cars. The real brain and power is from semiconductor chips. And they're actually just sitting around kind of waiting for more and more semiconductor chips to be created and delivered. And this is just one example of how this technology is slowing down and having effects and rippling all through the supply chain and having effects on people all around this modern world. Turns out we actually don't need Skynet from Terminator to stop us. We just need people to shut down a couple plants in one country in the world. And that slows down the technological, not only manufacturing, but it messes up your prices and it causes inflation along the way. Because we use semiconductors every single day, whether you know it or not. Because of the slowdown from the Chinese-produced semiconductor chips, it was actually a big enough deal that it woke up the sleepy uh, lawmakers in Washington, D.C. And President Joe Biden actually decided it was a big enough deal that he said it was a... And America does this all the time. <laughs> all the time. When you want to spend money, you say, it's a matter of national defense. Well, it turned out to be a matter of national defense. And Joe Biden and Congress and the Senate all came together and they passed a bipartisan bill, which in and of itself is a black swan event. The fact that you could get people on both sides of the aisle of the mess that is American politics and really world politics is a huge deal. So when they passed this bill, it was called the CHIPS bill, it was a big deal because everybody thought that the semiconductor chip business being so concentrated in China was becoming, in fact, a national security threat for democracies, not just America, but for democracies around the world. So President Joe Biden signed into law the bipartisan's bill to invest billions of dollars into domestic United States produced semiconductor manufacturers. Problem is, there aren't really any of them right now. So this is trying to lure some companies that are already set up to America to boost the United States competitiveness with China and other foreign rivals. And this bill was dubbed the Science and Chips Bill, and it's $52 billion that will be given to companies that produce chips in the United States. And it's also going to have billions of dollars in tax credits and incentives. And because of the bill, the tax credits, they actually made available for Intel, one of the major chip manufacturers, to start building a new headquarters right here in my hometown of Columbus, Ohio. It's been a big deal here around here. It's, it's bringing thousands of really high paying jobs and thousands of highly educated people to our city, which if you didn't know is the 13th largest city in America, even though you've probably never heard of it. But the point is even in an obscure kind of off the beaten path, small Midwest town in America, the semiconductor problem, the shortage, and now this legislation is causing some movement. Chips are a big deal. They power everything that we do. And since I'm looking down at my laptop and I see an Intel Core i7 chip, I figure, hey, what the heck? Maybe I should start looking into semiconductor industry. And then I come across this article about Warren Buffett, and it says that Warren Buffett's buying big into semiconductors. Specifically, Warren Buffett and Berkshire Hathaway are buying into a company called Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing Company Limited. And the ticker symbol is TSM. You know, Warren Buffett is famous for this quote. It says, be fearful when others are greedy and be greedy when others are fearful. And guess what? Since the semiconductor industry has been in a boom in mid-2020, it kind of was like tail ending in 2021, and then it has been blood in the streets. 
all of 2022. So Warren Buffett here is following his own advice. He is being greedy when others are currently fearful. Companies like Intel and NVIDIA and AMD are all decreasing in profits. But interestingly enough, Taiwan Semiconductor has actually maintained its profitability through the thick and thin. Profit margins are declining all across the industry. TSM's profit margins are actually increasing, displaying the full force of their competitive advantage. Berkshire Hathaway and Warren Buffett have made huge purchases into TSM. In the final quarter of 2022, they bought $4 billion stake into TSM. As you know, Warren has a huge stake in Apple. Like, started early, has continued to buy Apple. It's now his largest holding at Berkshire Hathaway. And there's this article that I read. There's thoughts that Warren Buffett was buying into TSM because TSM produces 90% of the world's most advanced chips. And specifically, they make every chip that goes into an Apple iPhone and most of the Apple products that you see on a daily basis. So because of this huge position that Warren has in Apple, he's a smart man. He's looking at TSM thinking every chip that powers the Apple iPhone is basically beholden to this one particular company. So while Apple gets all the credit for outstanding iPhones and computers and tablets, TSM chips are the thing that actually drives that remarkable performance. Apple may have the brains and the design and the sleekness and the cool factor, but TSM chips are actually the power behind all of these devices. Without TSM, Apple's in trouble. And I think Warren might be possibly looking at the massive profit margins that Apple enjoys and thinking there's a lot of room for TSM to charge Apple more, therefore eating into Apple's profitability, therefore eating into Warren Buffett and Berkshire's possibility. So by making a stake into TSM, he's saying, hey, if the profits transfer from Apple to TSM and I own both of them, I'm taking a part of that transfer. Because of the chips bill, TSM is also expanding its production into the United States. It's not just Intel that's building, but Many of the big boys are building here in the States right now, or at least making plans to. And TSM is expanding production into Arizona. They announced that it was going to make its first building in Arizona, manufacturing plant, and then quickly after that, it announced a second Arizona-based manufacturing plant. And looking back at history, we can assume a 35% profit margin on expected revenue. You get $3.5 billion of profit based from these two Arizona plants. It's on an original investment of $40 billion, and it's really not that great. You're looking at a 9% return on assets. Currently, TSM in their financials is stating that they have a 19% return on assets. What do we learn here? Building in America is expensive. Up to this point, TSM has operated solely out of Taiwan, the T in TSM. The company has been known for its secrecy. It denies U.S. media and really any media from entering its Taiwanese sites. And CNBC recently was kind of harping on this, and they were interviewing a TSM employee, and they said, like, what's the deal? Like, why can't we ever get in? Why are you guys so secretive? And this employee said that intellectual property protection is very important for the industry, not just for TSM, but also for every company in the industry. But now that they're moving into America, American lawmakers, when you use American money and American tax credits, they like a little bit more uh, involvement. They want to have their picture taken at your site. They want to be able to tell you the return on the American dollar invested into these companies. So with TSM investing in new American plants, they may have to let in a little bit of information. So why is Warren Buffett now buying it? Is it just this particular hedge against Apple? Which, yeah, that does make sense. 
But I think he's also looking at long-term returns. Even though he's, what, in his 80s, Warren is, he wants to see the legacy of Berkshire Hathaway continue, so he's always looking for long-term returns. And to determine TSM's future growth, we need to look at the growth of the semiconductor industry as a whole. Globally, the industry has grown 7.5% per year. Meanwhile, TSM has outpaced the industry the last 10 years, growing 14.8% per year. That is revenue growth, by the way, over the next decade. Not stock purchase growth, that is revenue growth. If As your revenue grows, typically so does your stock price. And most analysts are estimating the market to grow in revenue anywhere from 6 to 12% per annuum. If you think about all the chips that we need for vehicles and smartphones and computers, military equipment, and now artificial intelligence, the growth is evident. Factor in price increases, and I can see the industry growing 9, 10, 11% over the next decade or so. TSM sits on a dominant, listen to this, dominant 53% market share. 53% is pretty big, especially when there is quite a few other well-known competitors. You may not have even ever heard of TSM. Like your computer might have Intel, your computer may have AMD. You're like, who the heck is TSM? Well, they own 53% of semiconductor market share. And how do they pull this off? They had a singular focus of manufacturing excellence. When you build the best chips in the world, everyone wants your chips so that they can have the best products in the world. The Arizona plants may cause profit margins to decline a little bit. and People are continuing to look at TSM as the global leader that investment might just pay off. So there's this website called Seeking Alpha. And they have a 10-year price target for TSM at $185 per share. Keep in mind, at the time of today's recording, TSM is currently sitting at $80 per share. Not a bad trade-off for the next 10 years, if you ask me. We're going to take a quick break. And after the break, we're going to continue looking into TSM and then dig a little bit more into What can we particularly look at for our investments? Should we follow Warren Buffett down the TSM line, or should we just be looking at general semiconductor industry as a whole? Stick with us, and we'll be right back. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Ready to pop the question and take advantage of 30% off? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com to get 30% off. Select lab-grown diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab-grown diamonds. BlueNile.com. All right, welcome back. Look, if Seeking Alpha is right, and the 10-year price target for TSM is $185 per share, and I can pick it up today at $80 per share, that's something I'd like to look into. TSM is an interesting possible investment idea for the long term. The stock price is down 37% on the one year, 
So had you bought one year ago today, you're down 37%. If you buy today, you've just got a 37% discount. You're getting a very profitable company at a huge discount. Warren Buffett has just made a large investment. And if you listen to this show, you know that I like to pay attention to what Warren Buffett does. I think he's the greatest investor of all time. Seeking Alpha, the company I mentioned earlier, their analysis or their analysts, sorry, have TSM as a buy. The Wall Street Journal has TSM as a buy. Quantitative Analysis Research Group has it as a strong buy. If you look at forward earnings per share, it's only 6.48, which is a very low number. When you look at their dividend yield, it's 2.24, which I think is a very acceptable number for a high growth company. And since TSM has a standard internal rule of not doing stock buybacks, you can look and you can expect that that dividend is going to grow. Personally, at the time of this recording, I do not own any TSM stock. I've been selling cash-secured puts on one of their competitors, Intel. That has been a good investment for me overall. And it has made me a little bit more interested in the semiconductor industry, especially at these particular levels. Looking at Taiwan Semiconductor down 37%. Intel is down, and again, these are year-on-year numbers. Intel is down 48%. AMD is down 50%. All these levels, I think the semiconductor industry and looking at adding some semiconductor exposure into my long-term portfolio is beginning to look like a very good likelihood. If you want to look possibly at just hedging your bet and investing on the entire industry, there are many different ETFs that you can look at. Semiconductors I use every single day. I'm a person personally that likes to invest in companies and industries that I use every day. Do I think semiconductors are going away anytime soon? No, no, I do not. So if you want to look at kind of just betting on the whole industry, not trying to pick one particular stock, if you're in Australia, you can look at semiconductor ETFs. There's a symbol out there, S-E-M-I. Another option is ticker symbol S-O-X-X. These are not recommendations. I have not done the research into those particular ETFs. I just know that they're going to give you broad exposure to the entire semiconductor industry. If you're based in the States or you want to buy ETFs that are based in the States, you can look at, what do we got? Sticker symbol SOXX. That is from Spider. Investco has a semiconductor ETF, SOXQ. You can look at the iShares, ticker symbol XSD. And all of these are ETFs that hold many and probably all of these semiconductor companies that we talked about today. So if you just want to look at the whole industry and not try to bet on one particular stock, those will be looking into, do some due diligence on, and decide what you will. Either way, I think I've convinced myself doing today's research that I will be looking into adding some semiconductor exposure into my portfolio, 10% expected return each year, down 37, 40, sometimes 50% with good profit margins and Warren Buffett's into it. I don't know. Maybe it's a good deal. Maybe it's not. That's for you to decide. My job is to give you the research of the financial world for the most up-to-date investment ideas, market trends, and income streams. You've been listening to My Millennial Investor. I'm your host, Nick Bradley, and we'll see you next week. This podcast is produced and published by Oregon Trail Investor in the USA. All information is for entertainment purposes only. The brand My Millennial Investor is used under license.
Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have, like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> a lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.